If we believe that everything that began to exist has a cause, and we believe that the universe began to exist, and the universe must have a cause, then that cause must be unbelievably powerful. It must exist outside of the universe itself and the space that the universe occupies and the time that the universe has existed. And it just becomes this something that we actually can't even really wrap our brains around. Whatever that cause was, it's just bigger than we can even possibly understand. That's what I call God. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we continue expanding our apologetics toolbox as we start to wrap up our multi-series focus on the book, Searching for God. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and the larger work that we are doing all at studywithfriends.org. I've asked her to sort of show me the compelling evidence that she's relying on so that I can deal with that instead of dealing with science as a big monster, right? The three-headed monster of capital S science, which by the way, spoiler alert, I truly believe after a long, long, long time of, of looking and listening and talking to scientists, science and faith complement each other. They don't contradict each other. It's all a matter of what your predisposition is when you're coming to the knowledge that you're given or that you want to relay, it's your predisposition of what you want to believe. I don't find them to conflict. Okay, so I could maybe even say that inside this conversation. And again, we're disarm and deconstruct. I've disarmed by being vulnerable, saying that I, I've shared that concern. I've experienced that journey. Um, thank you for answering the question, asking the question. I'm being relational. And then I just did a little tiny thing with deconstruct uh, by saying, what what proof do you believe is in contradiction with the Bible? So, so let's let's just talk dinosaurs and cavemen and how the evolution of man came about, as opposed to how you don't hear anything about that necessarily in the Bible. It mm -hmm. goes right to Adam and Eve and then men. Okay, I'm not sure I understand the question. Let me let me see if I I understand it. Basically, the theory of evolution yes. is what you think disproves the Bible. Let's go with that. Yes, like how how man came about. Okay. So I'm not sure if that's evolution or creation that you are thinking is disproved by science. Can you help me understand what, what you're saying there? Because they're really two different things. I think you could take either one. I was stumped by both. Okay. I'd love to start with creation. I think it makes sense to start there because we can't get to evolution until creation happens anyway. Is that fair? Done. So there's this theory that really aligns with the Big Bang Theory. Do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? Yes. Great. What we're doing is called the Kalam Cosmological Argument. I did the whole thing in a previous episode, just so you know what it is for your cliff notes, okay? But now I'm not going to do the Kalam Cosmological Argument in all the fancy SAT ways. I'm going to do it in a Starbucks conversation way, okay? <laughs> okay. So just so you know, that's what I'm doing. By the way, I think that's the most powerful tool to deal with naturalism. So I actually led her to give me permission to talk about creation. That was a little bit under the surface. She asked me about evolution. She said something else about Adam. And I led her over to creation because I do believe that's where you have to start. So if you can do that, try to do that. Because remember that I said at the beginning of this particular part of our series, we want to start big with the possibility 
and probability of God and then work our way in. And what she's done now is she's given me permission to go all the way out to the beginning, which I really believe is where you have to start because you have to work with this person on the possibility and probability of God before you can work on any of the other stuff that she's really dancing around and asking me about. She's like, what about science? What about evolution? What about, and that, and those are all great questions and I want to deal with them. But first we have to have some kind of agreement on whether a God is possible. Are you tracking with me? Mm. So I, I did gently lead her there. That's a little bit a result of experience, but now you know what I did and you know, you'll, you'll, work it in when you can and the lord leads so just just be prayerful and he will remind you of the things that we're doing today okay so there's a theory depending on the person that i'm talking to i might say it's called the kalam cosmological argument the reason that i might say that is if i feel like the person is coming at me on the basis of my intelligence i'm gonna be honest sometimes people think christians are stupid Mm -hmm. and so if i get the sense that that's the approach here that the overarching tone of the conversation is, you must be stupid if you believe this, then I might throw in some of those SAT kind of things just to push back on that a little bit because I'm not, and neither are you, and neither are you, and neither are you. People who think do believe, and people who believe do think. And so I don't have to say that overtly, but I can weave it in, okay? So depending, I I haven't gotten the sense from her in this context that she thinks I'm stupid, although how can you believe is a question that embedded in it is you must be an idiot. I just let that one go because you can't put your flag in every hill. And if you try to put your flag in the hill, then you're becoming defensive. And so you have to weigh defending myself and my pride and my intelligence versus making an argument that actually is persuasive to this person. So do you understand the difference between like me saying it because I want her to think I'm smart and me saying it because I want her to know that I believe and I also think, and so she can too. Do you, are you sure? Because that's a fine line between pride, which will totally take you down in any of these conversations because pride is the work of the enemy. No, I think of it like it's, you're showing that, you know, you're laying down some boundaries, I guess some, some rules, you know, where you're letting them know, Okay, I see where you think my brain is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you where my brain mm-hmm. is. And, more, and it didn't yeah. come easy to me. Yes, I did the work. I have worked on this for years. Still a work in progress. Yeah, for sure. I mean, con- That's exactly right. That's a right. really good way to embody, to embody and to right. summarize it. Okay, so I'm just, I may say that to her, but I, right now I'm just going to say there's a theory that says everything that began to exist had a cause. And it aligns with the Big Bang Theory because the Big Bang Theory says that the universe began to exist. Does that make sense? Are you with me there? I'm with you. You don't, we don't disagree on that? Okay. Dude, I have her. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say that's what you want to get agreement on. Don't go down the road um, until you get some agreement on that. And you may have a conversation. They may be a little... Like, I don't know what you mean by that. What do that's you mean what, by that's that? That's where I would go. Okay, do you want to... Jump in? Yeah. So let me say it again. There's a theory that says everything that began to exist has a cause. And it aligns with the Big Bang Theory because the Big Bang Theory says the universe began to exist. Are you familiar with the the fundamentals of the Big Bang Theory and, and how scientists assert and why they assert the universe began to exist? Yes. However... I don't know what you mean in terms of it had to start. It mm-hmm. had, you know, there had to be a start. Okay. So with respect to the universe. Right. And creation of 
the existence that we understand from science. Like we observe the universe, we we observe the things that are happening on our planet, other planets. Like this is a big macro kind of understanding that scientists want to have. So we kind of get just understand our our experience better. Um, the Big Bang asserts that several years ago, scientists uncovered that the universe was expanding. And as a result of um, observing that the universe was expanding, they can reverse engineer the fact that it must have come from a small, smaller than what it is existence. And the theory is, I mean, none of us can go back in time, but the theory is from obs observation of the universe expanding, the theory is that it started from an infinitesimally small whatever and a huge explosion or huge event of some kind mm -hmm. started the universe and it has been expanding ever since and so what scientists are saying when they say the big bang theory is the most likely theory to explain creation and how what we experience now began to exist is they're saying it started and that's what i mean that it wasn't always. Previous to the Big Bang Theory, people would say the universe has always existed. But that's really been debunked. Right. That's what I mean by started. Okay, okay. I have a better understanding. Does that make sense? Do, yes. you, do you agree with those scientists? Does it seem like those scientists are probably right? I would think so. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Disarm. So the argument that's made here is, in summary, everything that began to exist had a cause. Because we now know the universe began to exist there was a time when it didn't exist, and then it did, the universe had a start. The universe began to exist. So if everything that began to exist has a cause, and the universe began to exist, the universe must have had a cause. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If we believe that everything that began to exist has a cause, and we believe that the universe began to exist, and the universe must have a cause, then that cause must be unbelievably powerful. It must exist outside of the universe itself and the space that the universe occupies and the time that the universe has existed. So it exists outside of space and time. And it just becomes this something that we actually can't even really wrap our brains around. Whatever that cause was, it's just bigger than we can even possibly understand. That's what I call God. I think we kind of agree there has to be be a god or at least it's probable if we agree that the big bang and scientists are pretty much unanimous on the big bang if we agree that the big bang has weight then to me this is just another way that science and faith actually complement each other and they don't conflict with each other okay and so i'm just saying to you that the journey that i was on was looking at science made me realize a god has to be possible and in fact is probable does that make sense to you yes good yeah, yeah, it does. So I haven't defined what God looks like. I haven't right, called him right. Jesus. I haven't done any of that. All I've done, and there's a guy, his name is Greg Kokel. He does great work in apologetics. And he says, just put a stone in their shoe. They came to the conversation with a set of beliefs. Right. Just put a little pebble in their shoe so that when they're walking away, they're like, what is that? What is what? Right. Right. Like mm -hmm. something has shifted well, just a little bit. The way that you described it, like it, you showed your own skepticism, your own journey. And I think that is more, it's more uh, genuine. Yeah, yeah. That's genuine. what I'm going for. Vulnerable. Relate, yes, disarming. And and I, I, I think that it's good that you noted that because I don't want disarm and deconstruct to feel linear. 
So I don't mean that you should disarm and then get about deconstructing and never go back to disarming. Right. It's cyclical. Right. So even as I'm deconstructing, I'm checking in with you. I'm asking you questions. Mm -hmm. Does that seem right? Do you believe mm -hmm. what scientists believe? Well, and you're showing I your mean, own I, vulnerability. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're showing, you know, you laid down the boundaries early on. Mm -hmm. So and I laid down, you're not an I idiot. laid down the common, <laughs> I found common ground. Yes, yes, yes. I shifted, and, and, and let me make this really clear. I moved swiftly away from the Bible. And I met her where she was, which was yeah. science. Yeah. That's just good relationshiping. Like if I really want to care about you and love on you, I'm going to meet you where you are. That's what Jesus did, guys. He met us where we were. Mm -hmm. So all these principles, these aren't Holly principles. These are biblical principles. And I just am trying to package them in a way that is easy for people to like grip and feel confident and feel equipped. Like, oh, maybe I could have that conversation mm -hmm. without stumbling all over myself and sounding like an idiot. Right. And if we just take some time and do the work, we can have these conversations. I, I'm going to tell you, there's a guy, his name is Michael Behe, B-E-H-E, I think. And he did a lecture. It's like two hours long. I know you're writing this down, Caroline, but I love you for writing it down, but God bless you if you actually listen to it. <laughs> it's like two hours long. And he deals with debunking evolution based almost entirely on the bacterial flagellum. And I, I have listened to that lecture no fewer than 20 times because it's intense. And I was like, the first time I listened to it, I don't even know how I heard of it, but I was like, oh, I, it hooked me. Like you said, oh, some, there's something here that I feel like I can use, but it was so thinky. And I would listen to it as I fell asleep. And I was like, Jesus, please just let it get into my brain while I'm sleeping. Like, I really mm -hmm. want to understand this and be able to articulate it. But it was hard. I mean, is that in my back pocket now for someone who's really, really sciencey and wants to really go? Yes. <laughs> Am I going to bring it out all the time? No, but I have it. I did the work. And by having that and having a confidence and feeling equipped in that way, it gives me the chill to stay present in this conversation and be relational and be loving and be Christ honoring and be peacemaking. I don't have to feel stressed because what are we going to do when we feel stressed? We're going to get snippy. We're going to get argumentative. And the core is equipping yourself. However, God leads you to get equipped. Because he's going to equip each of us in different ways, preparing us for conversations he has in mind for us and has had in mind since the beginning of time. Just a question just popped into my head. When someone poses that question, a question, a biblical principle question of your beliefs, how often do you think percentage wise, they really want to know? And how much 100%. of it is? Do you, really? Yeah. And I'll tell you why I say that. There is a person, there was a person in my life who absolutely never wanted to talk about faith. She legitimately did not care. And one of the things she said to me when I, when I asked her a question, she's like, well, I just guess I don't feel like I have to have all the answers. I just don't, I just don't, I'm not worried about it. That person is a way bigger concern to me than someone who's engaging in conversation with you on any level. Okay. Because you know how they say like apathy is worse than hate? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. The person you need to worry about is the person who holds no beliefs and is super comfortable there. So I think 100% of the time, when someone asks you a question, they want to really know the answer. Whether they believe in that moment 
that they want to be convinced of your faith is a different story. Right. And that's why I always say seekers and skeptics. So we've got people who come straight as a skeptic and we have some people who come as a seeker in skeptics clothing or vice versa mm. as a skeptic in seekers clothing. And I think as long as you're engaged in the conversation, like I said before, God is at work and that's all we really need to know. And he's called us to be part of that. And that I get juiced. Yeah. Man, I wish more people would talk to me about this stuff. I wish I could spend, I'm not kidding you, I would spend all day, every day doing this. If someone paid me and I could sustain my life and quit my other job, I would love it because God is at work in these conversations and to be used because we did the work, because we put in the time, because we asked God the questions. And by the way, by doing the work and asking the questions, we're deepening our own faith. Well, that's where I feel like that's where I am right now. I don't have the tools, all the tools getting them. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is I might not be able to answer your question. And I think the fact that you, you know, the disarming by, by being vulnerable and telling yeah. someone, I don't know if I can I answer your question mm -hmm. because I literally had that same thought in the shower this morning. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, there are times where I'm prompted to dive in to one direction, you know, with the questions you posed for homework, you know, preparing for today and then it's like you know the the dogs from the movie up where you know squirrel yeah like you just you're like and I am so that like I am all over this like there's no rhyme or reason to how that's I'm okay. reading this book do the thing but that's I feel like okay you know what don't get defensive yep chill out just a little bit be Caroline. in relationship just relax yep. and say I'm not real sure yes I love that Caroline I don't know because I think that and I'm figuring it out. Yes, I think that that is a disarming thing. Right. And you're saying, you know what? That's a really good question. I don't have the answer. Right. But I have enough faith in my faith that there is an answer. Can we figure it out together? Right. Yeah. Let me bring some resources next time or let me go do some homework right. and meet with you again. Like, And let me kick back a question to relational. you. Let's ping pong this. Because yes. Let me ask you, where are you? Yep. You would just ask me why yes. I believe this, but where are you? What do you believe? Because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Yes. Be relational. And we do not have to have all the answers. Newsflash, we don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. None of the people who collaborated on this project have all the answers. None of us have all the answers. Jesus himself said, I don't know the time. How are we going to have all the answers? Mm -hmm. If Jesus himself said, that's up to the Father. We don't have all the answers. So lay that down. That's pride. I'm telling you, pride is like, we should have like a sign that says pride and has like the red <laughs> X, the red circle thing through. Because... It's every time that we go into dangerous and bad territory, it's because we were led there by pride in these kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. And so just, just keep on that. And the best way to keep on that is to stay chill and be like, you know what? I don't have to have all the answers. My only job right now that God has called me in this conversation is to be in relationship with this person. So what are some things that I can do to develop the relationship as I allow God to do the work of either reminding me of the answer he wants me to give or proposing a deeper relationship with getting together with them again? Like my only job is to honor Christ in this conversation with peace and love and relationship and meeting that person where they are. Those are the things that Christ was to us while we were still sinners. He came and died for us. He met us where we are. And how we exemplify that in these conversations is by meeting them where they are. And so just got to lay down. I don't have the answer to that. And that freaks me out. Don't let it freak you out. Yeah. It's okay not to know. 
And sharing that you don't know is disarming. And you can get to a place where you deconstruct together. And I'll tell you that email me, info at studywithfriends.org. If you don't have anybody else in your life you can ask this question to, I promise you I will set up a Zoom with you. Whoever you are, wherever you are on the planet, I will set up a Zoom with you and your friend if you'd like. I love this. So even if you have nobody else in your life, which you should cultivate a relationship with your pastor and a local church, but even if you don't have anybody else in your life, like we're here. We love this. You have what you need. You have the spirit that lives in you and you have the faith that God gifted to you through his grace and mercy. You have what you need. Be relational, love the person, and just do your best. Okay. How have I done so far on your question? Good. Okay. Should we go to, are there additional facets of your question or should we shift gears? Like, shift gears. What have I go. not done? Do you want to do a little bit on the relative ism and my explosive comment that I don't believe the entire Bible is literal? If you want I to. I think that we probably shouldn't leave that matzo ball hanging out there. Mm, right. Okay. <laughs> By the way, let me put a bookend on this. If I said to you, I saw around the circle when I sort of, by God's grace, was generally persuasive on the fact that, that a God is probable from the science. I saw you guys nonverbal being satisfied with that. And that's good. If you get that nonverbal from your conversational partner, or if they say, yeah, I guess that's possible. Leave it. They, okay. Let's just leave that for a while. Let's both think about seed. that. Let's both right. think about that. And then let's keep talking about other stuff that that question now brings up, but let's do it like another day. How are your kids or how's your mom or what are you doing this weekend? Just leave it because that's exhausting mm -hmm. and it's exhausting for both of you. And don't go into the next potential challenge. <laughs> You've done good work. Let it rest and let God water the seed that you planted and set a time to get right. together with them again and talk about other questions. And it's okay for you to say, okay, then let's leave that for today. Like you're as much as in control of that probably, conversation as they are. It's probably the last thing that they expect because they're expecting a full onslaught of yeah. evangelism. Now, listen, I'm sitting in a room with Christians. And so when I said, does that seem possible to you? You guys were pretty easy. You were like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you already believed it. And so I want you to know it's entirely possible that the person says, I don't know about that. I don't know. Or no. <laughs> because they're really holding tight. That's okay. Just ask them to say, I respect that you that, that no, that's not easy mm -hmm. to think through. I would just ask you to give it some thought. Because... Over time, that was really persuasive argument for me. And I'm not sure it happened for me overnight either. But I'm just asking you, you've asked me a question. We've agreed that your question is legitimate. You really want to know. Since that's true, not if that's true because that's a little confrontational. Since that's true, I'm just going to ask you to think about what I'm saying. Everything that began to exist had a cause. The universe began to exist. The universe had to have a cause. That cause had to be something massively powerful. That's what I call God. Just think about that. Is it possible? I'm not asking you to wear a cross around your neck today. I'm just saying, is that possible? Does that seem in the realm of possible to you? You know? And a lot of people might say, well, I need to go and research what scientists say caused the Big Bang. Go do that. Right. They have no idea. Yeah. They don't know. But let them reach that yes. point. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be, don't lord it over them. Right. You know that that's the case. But just leave it. And I think, too, you have to be okay. You know, I have a family member that's popping into my head that whose response would probably be, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to research it. I know it. But you know what? 
Right. But and at the end of the day, my thought would be, you know what, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's you put their front. a stone in their shoe. And right. that's what I'm saying. That's their pride. That's their front. That's what they're saying. If but you God don't is know at work, when. which we believe he is, then he is more powerful than the pride of your conversational partner who wants to hold on mm-hmm. to that belief system when we've put a tiny little crack in it. Let God do the work. Right. It's not our work to do. Let that person walk away saying, no, I actually don't believe anything you just said. You've said it. That's enough. Not your job to be persuasive. The spirit wins us. The Lord wins us. He wins this battle for the soul. We don't win it. Maybe we're blessed to be instruments, but we don't win it. God wins it. So let him win it. And don't feel like you need to slam it in. Don't strip the screw by drilling Mm -hmm. with all your power into it. This program is produced by Study with Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.